Hello, I'm Joe Hilliard. And I'm Aislinn Campbell. Welcome to our weekly podcast, Dinner Table Talks. When you clicked this week's episode, you may have noticed that we're running a little long this week, but there's a special reason for that. We have our first in-studio guest. And you'll also notice this week we're explicit. Yeah, things do get a little heated. If you'd like to learn more about us or a little more about the podcast, we suggest you listen to episode one. And you can learn how to get in touch with us, where to find us across social media, and leave us a voicemail if you'd like at dinnertabletalks.com. Pull up a chair. Dinner is served. Well, good evening, everyone. I'm Aislinn Campbell, and of course with me is my most favorite person yeah i was gonna say what was it <laughs> my name is joe hilliard also with my favorite person how are you doing my sweet very good i have had an excellent couple of weeks in yes, my you life have. they've yes, been you good have. they've been yes, good you so. have i don't know if we'll get into that or not no. but um mm-hmm. i wanted to talk about our most popular facebook post ever yes because we have a lot of fun on facebook and you uh-huh. should check out our Facebook page if you don't already. And I posted this week a Happy Hanukkah post because uh-huh. you and I went downtown uh-huh. for the lighting of the Grand Menorah. Yep. It's right there close to our big Christmas tree, right on our beautiful bayfront here in Corpus Christi. And we took a picture together in front of that menorah and posted it basically just saying Happy Hanukkah. Yes. Do you know why I bring it up right now? Why? Because this episode is dropping Monday, December 30th, the last night of Hanukkah. Ah, so the eighth night. But I do enjoy our inclusivity on our all of our social media and in our life in general we have a lot of friends and of course we talked a little bit about that and the kindness and openness uh, last week we have had so many adventures i can't wait to dive into them but we should get out of the way our weekly part of the podcast where we discuss all of the things that we didn't know is only one this week it is time bring in the gong there it is it's time for unanswered questions Okay, so last week we talked about those pumpkin things that you made. I made some delicious pumpkin treats, I'm not going to lie. And I told you I couldn't remember what variety those were. You grew the pumpkin and you didn't know the variety? You are our growing expert. Well, that's not unusual for me not to know. I just plan a lot of things and then see how it goes. (laughs) I've seen that's That's exactly exactly how you work. That's exactly how it goes. But I did open up one of my favorite things to get in the mail every year, my Baker's Creek Heirloom Seed Catalog. It's your porno. (laughs) my January seed month the catalogs are in and of course they actually have a huge section about this particular winter squash which all pumpkin is a winter squash this one is called the yuzi zing bingua I have no idea how to pronounce that y-u-x-i-j-i-a-n-g-b-i-n-g-g-u-a these are seeds that you ordered once upon a time Yes. Either, what was either it about we that? ordered, either I ordered it myself or Grill Local South Texas So what it. was it about that species and that funny name that made you order these squash? I don't know. I, I, this might have been one that Tevin chose. Uh, we got a... Every or every year, almost Baker's Creek Heirloom does this big donation to organizations like Grow Local, they have community gardens and stuff like sure. that. And this last year, they actually said, "Okay, we're going to give you seventy-five dollars." in credit go on and buy some plants and so that's kind of how we've done it with them over the years a what? little bit about the yuzing jing bing gua <laughs> it's an incredibly versatile selection of squash from southwest china and has stellar flavor possibly the best tasting of all you can find it in china and mexico uh okay and so here's an interesting fact 
that when they first saw this similar type of squash in the markets in Mexico, there were green flattened fruit and was typically eaten as a tender summer squash. So this is one of those kind of like that other squash that we've talked about in past episodes. Yes, that you can eat not only green and young in summer, but you can also eat it as a winter squash. Baker's Creek Heirloom says, we love the squash at both stages. The young fruit is tender with a nutty flavor and a buttery texture, while the mature fruit is delectable, creamy with sweet, deep orange flesh. All that I know is that it made a manila folder colored pumpkin. You said cook with it. And I did. And that's exactly what happened. And you can so, hear all about that last yeah. week. And two weeks ago, I think you, one of the quotes from the episode was, I guess this is the gardening show. This yeah. is not the gardening show. No. This is the dinner table talk show. We have got a lot of dinner table talking to talk about. Man, we had some adventures recently. Oh, yeah, yeah. We always have adventures. We have lots of adventures, and sometimes the adventures overflow. A couple of weeks ago, where we got a little behind because we had a birthday celebration. We had all kinds of stuff going on. Birthday, Christmas. Yeah. But one of the things we like to participate in is Shop Small. And, and we talked about this already back when we, on Black Friday, we didn't shop. Nope. So instead, we actually went to downtown, to our downtown, went to this event with a, a big kickoff event for the downtown area. Um, where we've been really a part of the revitalization of that. Well, Corpus Christi, the city that we live in, is in this little odd period where we're expecting a lot of economic kind of growth in the near future. And you and I know and have always advocated for and promoted for and told anybody that would listen that... The heart of a city is the downtown, and if the downtown is healthy, the rest of the city is healthy. So let's get our downtown a little more healthy. Well, and not only that, but we like the vibe. We like yep. we like a little bit of urban vibe. We it's like a seven the dollar lift to downtown, and that's where I want to go. Yeah. So that's and the place where I lift, want my stuff to go to. I did take a lift downtown because you were going to meet up with us mm-hmm. or meet up with me, and uh, so I, I so I jumped on a lime scooter. Took a little lime around downtown, and I actually love to ride limes. You are a lime freak. So I actually just rode around for a while. If you and I are downtown, maybe we're going to go grab a beer, or maybe we're going to go meet a friend to probably grab a beer. <laughs> and the weather's right, you're like, we're going to get on a lime scooter. We're going to get on a lime. Somehow or another, I end up deciding that, I don't know if we've said this or not before, but I'm, I'm drinking, yeah, no, of course we've said it. We've said it a lot. We said it last week. The whole episode was about good red wine. <laughs> One of the places that I like to go to is our, truly our five-star restaurant in town. It's the the fancy steakhouse. It's at the very top of the nicest hotel in town, and uh, you overlook the bay. But they also have a really fun, interesting thing that makes it available for, number one, it's a hotel, so they've got to have a place for people that are staying in a hotel, especially a nice hotel, to go to the bar. And have a drink and have some snacks. They always have a live music, usually a piano player. Yeah. It's, it's the, and they did that night. It is the most expensive restaurant in Corpus Christi. I am so glad you brought that up about the music. Yeah. Do you remember that guy? Yes. And he had on a suit? Yes. He was super cute. I forgot about that. We are talking about Republic of Texas Bar and Grill. And how did you land there? Because the idea was like, I had to go do some family stuff that uh, was, you know, freaking me out. But I wanted to meet up I with you. I wanted red wine and I wanted a good bar to sit at, especially by myself. I love hotel bars. What do you mean? I like to to meet. Please clarify. <laughs> no, I, I love hanging out at the hotel bars. No, but I mean, no, I think a, I think I know. That's a weird statement if you think about it. it, a it woman, I thought about it. I think I think I know what you mean. You, when you and I go to a place and it's just the two of us and we're not dying for a fancy dinner sit-down situation, we'll sit at the bar to eat our meal. Yeah. 
And traditionally, typically, we will strike up conversations with the person to the left and the person yeah. to the right yeah. and the bartender. Yeah. I think you like hotel bars. Well, I asked you. I think what it is is that I, when I travel or when I'm by myself, mm-hmm. which well, even when we travel together, like right. you said, I like to go to the bar and meet people. Like I like to hotel bars to are a convergence. Yeah, I of like people to talk from to other people, places, and I'm going to meet new people from different places. That's right. And it goes back to our be... inclusion thing at the beginning of the episode with the Hanukkah deal. Yeah, there's always always going to be some other single traveler that's looking for somebody to to strike up a conversation with because they're by themselves there. They're traveling. <sighs> you just reminded you know? me what happened when I arrived, but we'll get there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I decided to go up there and get a nice. Glass of wine. I know you that you texted the, me and said I'm, I've landed at Republic they of Texas. Charge, they 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 don't charge any more there for their house ish. No, that's reds. not true. Surely not. No, it, it's a very expensive place. Eight dollars a glass of wine. No, 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 no. It was it wasn't much more. No, than you're that. twelve or thirteen for the house wine there. I mean, Maybe. it's it's a hotel bar. Yeah. And it's the place where you go eat a steak, a forty dollar steak while you're doing some kind of business deal on your hotel trip. So they have those hotel tax prices. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Travelers prices. Yeah. Well anyways, it was fun to just go up there and then you asked me where I was and I said Well the oh. idea was I'd meet you wherever you landed. Yeah. yeah. And so that's where I had landed. Uh-huh. Got up there. I got a you... loan. I went to go get a loan so that I could meet you. Oh, hilarious. You because as you said at the one of the very first episodes, I can find the most expensive place in town. Yep. You snip so... them out. I don't know how you do it. It's uncanny. <laughs> but then we decided you you were like, let me look at the menu. Well, I arrive. Yeah. And there's a you're talking to a gentleman. Like you said, I mean I know I know that there's no issue, <laughs> but he doesn't know anything about it. And then oh well here's my fiance Joe. Yeah. Then <laughs> I went to the bathroom to wash my hands. Kind of get ready to, because uh-huh. we were going to grab a snack. I come back, psh, he had gone. He had left, yeah. So, where and, did Richard go? Yeah, and the funny thing is, is that the bartender was like, he left his drink. <laughs> and, okay, because what had happened was, I went to sit down, and, and he was like, getting his check. Uh-huh. He was getting his check when I sat uh-huh. down. And then I sat down, and I just kind of looked over. I was like, hi, how are you tonight? And he was like, hi. And then, and then we kind of started, he struck up a little conversation. He was like signing his bill and everything. And I just kind of kept talking and told him, oh, I'll have such and such wine. And then all of a sudden, when she comes, he's like, yeah, I think I'll get one more. Uh-huh. You know, So he gets one more. We keep talking. You show up. The fiance shows up and he's gone in like a cloud of smoke that's his shape that just dissipates. Right. Did we land there to eat? I assumed when I arrived oh, and you? it was already sundown See, that we'd grab a snack. Oh, okay. I didn't, I never thought of it that way, but that makes sense. Well, I've taken the luxury of printing out the appetizer menu. I'm going to read you the entire menu. Now, you know what we landed on. Sure. But now I'm going to test the listeners. What would you choose mm-hmm. and what do you think we chose? Now, there's nine things on the appetizer menu. Here they are. Quail legs. Mm-hmm. Jumbo lump crab cake. Remember, we're a coastal community. Mm-hmm. Shrimp cocktail, five jumbo shrimp. Diver scallops. I love scallops. Are you a scallop fan? I like scallops. Crab fondue. Now, you love fondue. You love anything saucy and cheesy. Queso okay, is life. Okay. <laughs> Carnitas, deep fried beef tenderloin cuts. Escargot. Ahi tuna tartare with a spicy mango puree. And Oysters Republic, six oysters topped with shiitake mushrooms, capers, spinach, etc. Give you a second to think about it, audience. What did Aislinn and Joe pick? What would you have picked? We picked two things. Tell us what you picked because I've, it's long since been the idea that I even get to choose anything we ever eat when we go out <laughs> together. What did you pick and why? I chose escargot because 
you can't get that anywhere else. Like, I mean, there's only one other, maybe one or two other, other places, places in town, town where you would yeah. get that, and and where I would even want to eat right, it. Right, where you trust it. Uh huh. And I like, I like it. It's good. I really like escargot. I do too. Um, and tuna tartare. Yeah, and I one of the reasons why I'm happy to let you let you pick our venue items is because you typically do a good job and you did the only other thing that i really would have tr- wanted to try and enjoy is that crab fondue that would have been fun yeah, but you gotta dip it in with eat. bread right yeah exactly yeah. so i'm kind of like unless i'm and that was our meal for the night two appetizers at that place and a, a couple glasses of wine i think i got a citron martini uh-huh and they always you always ask for something that's I think like 80s now. They don't serve it. 90s. They don't serve it anymore. Absolute oh, Citron. Absolute Citron. You can get it some places. I just like what I like. It's in the last couple of years, last year that I've heard you mm-hmm. order. But I'm that. shifting my martini taste with vodka from that Citron to just a dirty olive martini. I'm yeah. really, That's where I'm headed. Yeah. Oh, our martini journey, you know, one of many journeys that we're on. And then I, and then we're talking about what to do. And I know you, you say, <laughs> we, hey. We sound like professionals. Well, I, I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good at it we like good food we like good everything <laughs> and i know you want to go, go do some more liming now we, lime scooters is what i'm talking mm-hmm. about and we've talked about lime scooters before if you go back to episode three i tell a dinner table talk where i have taken my daughter and one of her little girlfriends out to downtown and when we, when we go downtown my daughter's going to want a lime if we if she can that's a scooter it's an app you get on your phone it's like a dollar a minute or a dollar 15 cents a mile i can't even, it's very inexpensive you can go lime around for an hour up and down our beautiful bayfront through our downtown streets and spend like 6 bucks you know you yeah. kill an hour 6 bucks cheaper than a movie i like it it's fun so somehow I, someone suggested i think it was me and i had a martini we should lime all the way home and I said, okay, let's do it. It Lime sounds like a fun adventure. It sounds like a fun adventure. But that's a 3.3 mile lime down our beautiful shoreline. Yeah. And then you have to take a right and a left and go then go through our neighborhood. We only live like a In, couple of big city blocks off of shoreline. But our neighborhood is not known for a big bunch of lime activity. I don't think it took much to persuade you. I mean, like you said you wanted to do it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to be your spotter. Well, when I started thinking about it, because because I, I can be a little like nervous about, you know, things. You've talked about that. Like you machines. Know, I was in a bad car wreck. Um, you know, I, I had a bad accident with a lawnmower when I was a teenager. So I have fear of machines, you know. And I, well, you don't, and you're a big pedestrian safety person. Oh, I'm and very. Our city is notoriously ignorant when it comes to pedestrian safety. No, no, no thoughtfulness, and you can no knowledge. I of can the law. get into a debate eight hundred times with people that are going to still take that one example of the one person jumping out in front of them or something weird like that, and say that it's just as much the fault of the person in the car as it is the the pedestrian. I do not agree i never will and you need to be aware you need to be that's not looking at your phone that's not drinking and driving that's slowing your ass down when there's a bike rider or a walker on the side pulling over into the other lane away from them not driving alongside them well as persuasive as you are in this argument you were like yep let's do it and we had a whole plan right i, I was going to well i hadn't exactly thought out the route how fast people drive down shoreline yeah i was going to follow you yeah except for one critical mistake in our plan 
Oh, you did a terrible job. No, hold on. Well, wait, you wait a second. You wait <laughs> I a be- second. I literally beat you home. No, no, no. You don't know anything about what I did. <laughs> I took you down to the lime. Then I had to go up back into the parking garage to get the car and then find you on your route. And you didn't wait for me or anything. You took took off. Because well, I was going to, I expected to be ahead of you and you catch up with me. Yeah. So then I went. Okay, well, go ahead. You tell your part so, of the story, and then so I'll jump I, in. So I get in, a in and while. I go down. Not only am I a protector of or a supporter of the revitalization of our downtown area, but I am also a protector of the Sunday driving road that we have in Corpus Christi, our shoreline. It's that road where you slow your ass down and enjoy the drive. Every town has one. You don't want your pedestrians to feel unsafe. You don't want your tourists to feel unsafe. So I'm going down that section. And it's not bad, although I wish now that I had gone all the way over to the other side, which is the big sidewalk, the big coastal bayfront. Completely safe from traffic. Yeah, but but it was okay. It was fine Mm -hmm. all the way through, all the way past the downtown area. And then we start getting up more into the the longer Ocean Drive where it's like more houses, the big fancy houses on Ocean Drive. Right. I was having fun. I was enjoying the ride. The weather was perfect. It was the right time of it night. It was great. And, uh, I was jealous. And I was just cruising along, you know. You know me with that whole, you create your own reality, the manifest, you know, sure. whatever. Right. Yeah, the, yeah. the last thing I want to do is think about my head bouncing off the ground. Because then that's more likely to happen <laughs> right. in a manifestation situation. So, so I had everything that is fine. Everything like, is fine. Everything is fine. Everything. I, I, I had that thought for one second. I was like, damn, my head's not going to feel very good if it hits the ground going, you know, 15 miles an hour on this little thing next to a huge, huge, huge truck, pickup trucks going 45 miles in a 30 mile an hour speed zone next to me. Uh, so that was the adventure. I got home. It no, was... no, no, you told me that you took a ride on Louisiana for you local, well, I did. local folks. Yeah. And then that became like... Okay, so, okay, we have bike lanes on that part of the road. Because all the rest of it, the bike lanes were observed, even though the speed limit probably wasn't. And and I'm also a Lime rider that, that doesn't abuse the sidewalk. The sidewalks are Lime for the Lime says don't use the sidewalks. You are like a car, kind right. of. Yeah. And The I... concept of a bicycle being a vehicle on the road, a Lime should be a vehicle on the road. Right. That really only works when the cars sign that contract with you right but in our city we've got this weird i i don't want to bash the city but we've got this weird thing about like don't fucking ride your bike because yeah you will get run over well and then there's this weirdo little uh like sideline thing where people will say why do we support bike lanes and things like that because that's just the only people that ride bikes in corpus christi are the the wealthy people which is bullshit because if you drive to any part of the west side or anywhere around town and we see people on their bikes with their grocery bags it's a necessary mode of transportation for a big part of our class so I turn so get cool on a big, with nice... a relationship with bikes. Let's 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 embrace bikes and, in and our I, town. And the scooters is a thing that, that everybody's arguing about it. But we're not dealing with that kind of scooter crop in Corpus Christi. We don't have that many people using scooters in Corpus Christi. Mm-hmm. We're not causing trouble with our scooters. We're not leaving them all over the sidewalks. We're not. But if you are a vehicle on the road, as per Texas state law, you would hope that those sharing the road with you, a thousand to one cars to scooter or bike ratio are going to play along with the rules. Yeah. And, you know, and how did it work so, when you got off of that main tourist area? So we have those bike lanes there on that main tourist area, and there were cars parked in them. Right. So you couldn't, so you had to They're go useless. out into the road, which is fine, but it's dark. God, That's I, I, I do not understand why you didn't say, screw it, I'm getting on the sidewalk. 
Because I'm a rule follower. Uh, well, yeah. I'm a, I, wait, I'm the rules that, what is it? What is it? The, I have a very interesting relationship with rules that don't make sense. Yeah, but you follow them. otherwise I follow the rules. Yeah, I don't follow rules that don't I make sense. I know you don't. Mm. But uh, so I got over there and then I, you know, I, I took a left turn at the light and mm -hmm. did it just like a car mm -hmm. and then got on to Alameda and oh, if you know the oh. potholes in Corpus Christi, I was like, oh, this is a yeah, much but, rougher ride than over on that nice road. I would have ha it had okay, okay so 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 this is where I jump in. I went down to that um, cosmetic surgery place that, that's up that's up on stilts mm -hmm. on Ocean Drive, mm -hmm. and I parked the car waiting for you. I was already past you'd that. already passed me. So I'm sitting there, sitting there, sitting there, and finally I started texting you. I'm like, she's not going to get these texts. So I think as I was going down Louisiana, Meta, then uh, you you texted me, I'm home. I was like, God, she beat me. Now had I been your scout what do you call it the person that rides behind the cyclist no clue you're front man no, wing your wingman your had i been your wingman perfect i would have honked at you at that point and said get on the sidewalk get on the sidewalk because that was just it's just you're battling with your life in this town when you get, I would when do you it get again. away from i would do it again places that where people are known to ride their bikes at nighttime oh yeah yeah would you ever duplicate this little fun thing at night i would i would do it again in the daylight hours if I was probably with you, maybe. Not. If probably. I was with you, if we're doing it together. No, probably not. And you know what else? My friends, the Matthews, they wear helmets. And I know that sound like that may you know, like, oh, it's helmets, not, what? So nerdy. You <laughs> know what? So, so I kind of wished I'd had a helmet on my head that night because then I wouldn't have been like nervous about it. I'd just been ripping along. Imagine Worst case the... scenario, scenario, I fall down and scrape my elbow real fucking bad. Daylight hours. I like to ride scooters. I had a lot of fun. So hey, we listen, closed if you, up that. I don't care where you live. We see the analytics and people are listening to the podcast all over the country. No matter where you live, just, you know, this is a fun little story. And Asa had a great little adventure and I was a horrible wingman. An easy reminder. You share the road with cyclists and you share the road with those scooters. Love them or hate them. You share the road with them. And they are to be treated like a vehicle. So when you see them, didn't people honk at you? Yeah. You, you told me that people yeah. were honking. Yeah, there was mm. some honking. But not like, not like ugly honking. Just like in this weirdo way, like I'm warning you I'm coming. You know, and I'm just... I. I I know you're coming. I'm I'm here just like you are. I can hear. I can hear better than you can hear. Mm -hmm. Unless I absolutely cannot get over in the other lane, then I slow way down when, when I go you, past When you people, encounter. Yeah. Especially at night. Right. Like one night there was a guy walking on that same like stretch of road uh -huh. and I got mad at you for not pulling over. Remember? I, I, I was no, like, get I, over in the other lane. You getting mad at me. Just Get over in the mind. other lane. There's a man walking there. I was all mad at you. And that is... Courtesy. Yes. And, and sharing. And yes. Yeah. And we're all in this together, man. And let's, you know. Dig. It was a great experiment in how safe and navigable, is that the right word? Our streets are. As a matter of fact, are. I want to look up an unanswered question before next week. Okay. And that is. I'll allow it. How many people who have been hit by a car were mentally ill people that jumped out in front of a car? <laughs> okay. I'll let you do the research I'm on that serious. One. Now, this was no. not our only adventure for the week. You and your mom and your daughter went on a completely different adventure. Yeah, so my daughter and I jumped in the car the next day and head up to San Antonio. For those of you that don't know, San Antonio is where the Alamo's at. It's a nice little tourist place to travel to. You should come to Corpus Christi, but you should also come to San Antonio. Everyone should go to San Antonio once. And we did a little bit of holiday shopping, spent one night, uh, met my mom who had flown in that day from Disney World. So we were just doing some mother-daughter Christmas shopping, you know? You know, and just enjoying the time together, getting some good food and good uh, did food. Did y'all eat some good food? We did. We ate, we ate several good meals. Did you take your daughter to the hotel bar? 
No, because we stayed in an Airbnb, and okay. I love to stay in Airbnbs. Uh, we did go eat at a restaurant called Snooze, mm. which is an AM eatery, so like a breakfast restaurant. They're open only until like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I think we tried to go to a Snooze when we were at ACL. Yep. In fact, you can go back to episode 8 and listen to ACL day 2. We went to Snooze. It was an hour wait. We needed to get to the show, so we ended up at Kirby Lane that morning. Yes, which worked out just perfectly fine because we love Kirby That's Lane. That's where I gave my treatise on balding, episode 8. Check that one out. Mm-hmm. Snooze was really good. What'd you order? I ordered a very basic. I'm, I'm a basic bre- breakfast kind of. I'm yeah. a basic breakfast kind of bitch. Um, I like. Uh, <laughs> think about it. The get you three B's. Basic breakfast bitch. We'll get you a t-shirt. Get you a coffee cup. What's uh, a ba- What's a basic breakfast bitch? You you you've all heard me talk about this before. That's from town and country. Yeah, here exactly. Um, over medium eggs, two fried over medium eggs. I I like to specifically ask for the crispy white and the runny yellow, although they didn't do it right either. Really? But the day before, when I went to supper, uh huh, they did it perfect. We had eaten brunch as my daughter and I had come into town on Saturday, right. And we went to one of my favorite places to eat in San Antonio, Supper. And it's at one of the coolest hotels. But they made some delicious fried eggs. They got it right. They do um, smashed potatoes like you. Oh. Right? Okay. So here we are at Snooze, right? That's when I take our... the red potatoes and I bake them in the oven after I've, I've smashed them. Uh-huh. So I make like a baked potato uh-huh. that becomes a smashed baked potato. Uh-huh. And then I put that on your dinner plate with the cheese and the sour cream. Well, I ordered stuff. those over at supper and they were delicious. They were just our kind of thing. So back up to being at Snooze. Okay. So they go, do you want any hot sauce uh-huh. right i know the answer when they the ask ketchup you that. and all that and usually usually for eggs and stuff like that i'm like no i'm not, I'm not really that interested and i look over at the table next to me and i realize the sauce that they bring you uh-huh. is yellow bird habanero sauce uh, i'm a fan exactly and i was like let's talk I about yellow lily, bird for like two minutes then. i told lily you have to say yes to the bird. The bird, like you always say yes to the bird. Flip me the bird, please. Yeah, give me the kind bird, man. Give, give me the bird. Me the bird. That, How did we find good. Yellow Bird? Yellow Bird is an Austin-based saucery. They, I don't they remember. Do... I think in one of the Austin restaurants, they had Yellow Bird. And then I saw bird. it at our local grocery store, mm-hmm. and I bought them all. Yeah. Habanero, jalapeno, serrano, agave, sriracha. Yeah, it's you like know, quality ingredients. You know that you can read all the, the real ingredients. The consistency of a Tabasco sauce or a mm-hmm. sriracha sauce. Mm-hmm. And when we do breakfast tacos or anything that requires... We are condiment people. Yeah. And the older we get and the more we love food... The more we're cooking great food and loving to eat great food, we are collecting condiments in our refrigerator. You just bought some amazing sauerkraut the other day. I haven't eaten it yet. Bubbies. We're going to give it a try. So on a morning where I've done breakfast tacos Uh for everybody, I'm bringing out this big double handful. takes two hands to carry all four or five sauces out to the table so people can select if they want to hold. But the one that goes the fastest? Which one? Habanero, always. Habanero is the one. And they had that at Snooze. Yes. Find so, it in your grocery store, order it online, Yellow Bird sauce, free plug for them. Yes. Let's do an ad for Yellow Bird right now. Got a taco at your house? You need Give it the bird. Yellow Bird. Give it the bird. <laughs> you always say yes to the bird. Right. So the segue here is, this is that weekend in between my last Friday working for Go Local South Texas and me giving myself a few days off before I start my new job. 
And my new job stories are coming soon, but we're not there yet. So that gives me some time to get out and work on my garden a little bit. I and love the... to see you do that. Yeah, it's super I know fun. you're getting your vitamin D. Yeah. yeah. And I know that you're getting, getting fingerna- your... Dirt under my fingernails. Dirt under your fingernails. As you can see in our cover photo, if you look close, there's dirt <laughs> under Aislinn's fingernails. No, nah, it's just... My that, story that means, is that, an me- open that book. means you're happy. Yeah, and it, so, and it got me back on track, you know. It really did. Like that and some of the talks we've been having on the show where we're talking about the food and, and steps growing. And, and it's, of course, it's cool and sunny right now, which is the time of year that you have got to garden in our part of Texas. You've been planting a lot recently. I have been planting a lot. It's and, not a gardening uh, show. It's not a gardening it, show. It's always a gardening show. Uh. So, I'm, so I'm out in the front and I'm trimming because I've planted so many good plants that I – and I work really hard. The way that I plant is this kind of food foresting style, perma culture so i'm leaving things in like some people might treat their um eggplants and their pepper plants and their tomato plants like annuals things that you just plant once and then they're done with them and you pull them out whatever but i have perennial eggplants and perennial peppers and then i've got the things that the butterflies and the birds like the lantana and all that and as we had come home with lillian she looked around and she goes Mom, you need to trim this bush. It had literally started growing over the like pathway to the door. Sure. (laughs) So I get out there with my trimmers and I'm trimming and I'm trimming and I'm looking around and I'm moving stuff around and I'm trimming up plants. And I get over behind, back behind the, the big bushes in the front windows and I look down and my habanero plant that had been hanging out there in my little food forested front yard flower bed had like 50 beautiful orange habaneros on it ready to be harvested immediately and you didn't see them because some other plant had grown over it no i think because i just hadn't gone out there to look Uh, and the truth be told if i'd have missed it much longer it would have been a loss right and so i'm like let's make a copycat of yellow bird send me a recipe so i start digging and i look up habanero hot sauce and then i one of the things is i know that yellow bird has carrot in it so i'm like habanero hot sauce carrot you know making that little search and i come to find out that the yellow bird style is actually belizean style habanero now, sauce. now yellow bird's gonna hear this are you accurate about this they may not call it that but that's what it is so here because we are back same, in belize all you have to do is look at the ingredients on the yellow bird and these are the same ingredients uh-huh yeah. And I'll post the recipe on Facebook. It's got an onion. And he doubled the recipe because I had enough habaneros. There were so many habaneros. Uh, so an onion, garlic, some carrot chopped up. And then you boil that in water so that you're softening those things. Mm-hmm. Then you put your habaneros raw. It calls for 10, but we had 40 or maybe 50. But so, they weren't huge. No, they were some small. Of them, they, were, they were kind of small. Right. Yeah. So I'm sitting there seeding and cutting oh, those man. ribs off. Yeah, yeah. Of every single habanero. And it's my first time to do it. I've never made habanero sauce before. So I'm just in there getting my hands dirty with the habaneros, some lime juice, vinegar, salt. Uh, you're right. If I looked at that yellow bird uh, ingredient list, uh-huh. this is basically it. Uh-huh. Of course, yeah. I love, what I love about yellow bird is they use all organic ingredients. Yes. But I'm just... You know, well, we were using organic ingredients. No doubt about it. You saute your garlic, you boil your uh, onions, carrots in the water... And then you mix it all into a, we have our Vitamix and yep. you, you blend it. You got to have a Vitamix I made one too. mistake. I made one mistake. I won't even get deep into it. If I do this again, and I hope to, because it was so easy to do, I would do it just a little bit differently. It would be a little less uh, thin. The, the so sauce would be a little more, thicker. More carrots, less no, water? No, no. I just, I just 
poured it all together and mixed it. I should have meted out the water. I should have strained everything, put the solids in, and added water to get it to the consistency that I like. It made an entire blender full. Vitamix full. So I stuck it all in my mason jars. And then we kind of have distributed it to friends, For, although with the... Over the holidays. You know, and as I've told the story to people... A little, it's a little liquidy, you know. As I've but, told, like, Kevin and Shelly, for example. Did like, you get some to them? No, but oh, I... I they I, are the I, ones that need some. He's like, I got a habanero sauce recipe. I'll send it to you. And now I'm, like, you know, trading habanero sauce recipes... <laughs> Well, people. because of the way I grow, I have faith that this type of stuff's going to happen all the time in our lives where magically pumpkins are just going to appear and nobody was even paying attention to it or magically habanero peppers are going to... That's the secret to permaculture and food foresting and mulch, 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 mulch. What I enjoy about our relationship in the cooking that we do or I do or with your help is doing something new all of the time. I'd never done pumpkin cheesecake before. Right. I'd, and now that I've done the habanero sauce... Yeah. I'm still going to buy the yellow That's bird. That's the trick that makes gardening really, really valuable in a household is the willingness to be creative enough to use the things you grow. Because if all of a sudden you have 50 habanero peppers, what habanero are you going to do? And if you have too much, you give it to your friends. And the, the other side of it is Your friends because, give back to you. Oh, God. They always give back. The, the, the thing about us is that we're real adventurous with food. That makes us creative with home cooking, too, because... I'll try anything once. No one, if you have, if we had not tried yellow bird before, it wouldn't have been that easy to think of, well, let's get this, let's make some yellow bird sauce. It's, <laughs> you know, like, let's make that. And so we did. But I really, really was hoping that you were going to go into more stories about you and habaneros and your hands in the habaneros. And... Oh, no way. Well, <laughs> what are you on. talking about? <laughs> you cannot, you cannot, you cannot go without telling, no, come on. Our life is an open book? What? Come on. Come on. All right. All right. No, no, no. You're right. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Okay. I mentioned before, I didn't wear gloves. Yes. I I guess you're supposed to wear gloves if you're handling peppers, peppers, peppers with your hands. Most people do. Yes. Cutting up 50 habaneros. You deseed them. Now, I was talking to our friend I mentioned earlier. He said, no, I just, I just leave the seeds in. Well, it was hot I don't, enough. I don't want to do that. I yeah. want to make yeah. it mild or maybe make two batches, mild and hot, and mm-hmm. then have a choice. Mm-hmm. No, it was okay. Anyway, so It I, was plenty hot, as hot as I want it to be. Everyone knows this. The seeds are what make the peppers hot. So if you, where the if, capsaicum is. Right. And then also the ribs of the pepper. Even mm-hmm. in a bell pepper, a, a pepper not known to be super hot, you'll get a tinge of heat, a tinge of that thing in the back of your throat, cut those ribs off, the white part. So I did that with my hands on these teeny tiny peppers. In fact, I, if I used gloves, it would, they would have been, it would have been too cumbersome to even manipulate them. Some of them were really small. I'm using a knife in my hands. And I, at some point or another, stupid error, I, you know, scratched my nose. Mm-hmm. And, and I, uh, oof, baby. My nose is burning. I, I touched my nose. Yeah, and I had already. I, had, I think I had already kind of warned you earlier. Be like, careful. oh, you need be, to make be, sure. Be, yeah, be, be careful. Be, be no, you be delicate as you move forward. Oh gosh, no, no way. Am I? I'm going all out. I'm. I did the say whole the story. F word earlier. I did too. This, so this okay, so is, I touch so my so nose. I go, baby, I, whew, my nose is on fire. I touched my nose. Yeah, and I and so I go. Well, you better not touch your penis. No, no, yeah. no, no you no, better no. not touch your butthole. <laughs> You I not... don't go around doing that, by the way, but thank you for the warning. You know what I'm saying? Be sure not to scratch your balls. L- let me tell you. No, no. Listen, let's get, let's get, if we're going to go, let's get accurate. You said, well, you better not touch your butthole. Pause. 
and don't touch your penis. And then we're laughing. Ha, 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 ha. I was serious, I would never do that. That's stupid. So you wash your hands. And of course, anyone that's ever handled peppers or knows anything about peppers is that water and soap don't do it. If you have a hot, hot pepper in your mouth and your mouth's on fire, you drink milk. You've heard this because the fat in the milk. Hmm. I'd wash my hands. That might be an unanswered question. I'd wash... No doubt. I'd wash my hands. Uh, I'll be correct, but I'll we'll do it next week. I wash my hands two, three, five, ten times, and then I. But I didn't like give my hands a milk bath, <laughs> right? Three, four hours later, I'm sitting at the computer, scratching your balls. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's gross. First of all, you must be do boy like boy. Do boys really do that? <laughs> That's not what happened. I don't sit around, stick my hand down my pants, and scratch myself. You were scratching your butthole? <laughs> I'm not going to tell the story if you're going to be silly about it. Because this is a serious public service announcement to anyone listening out there. What I did was a quick... You care about your health and safety. Okay. I did a quick manipulation. And the male listeners will understand. I'm not sitting there scratching. No, 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 no. I just did a quick... Wearing shorts, up up the shorts leg, manipulation because of the seating position. If you're the a female, you will position. understand. If you are a male, that you will. And it took 0.2 seconds <laughs> for me to go, oh my God, Aislinn. <laughs> I just touched my balls. <laughs> and I had to go like dunk them in ice. I, I didn't dunk them in ice. You but... iced your balls. And I did not. <laughs> Okay, well, we have is an this, episode title now. Is this technically now. explicit and explicit I, I don't know episode because, because I, we, we literally talked about body parts? Well, Are you good. allowed to say penis in America on the radio? <laughs> yeah, I think you're allowed to say it on network television. <laughs> and we are using technical terms. Here's the unanswered question. Why do men scratch their balls? Here, Okay. Here's the unanswered question. Do professional chefs wear gloves when handling massive amounts of peppers. I think they do. Well, we'll find out and we'll talk yeah. about it next week. I don't even know that I'd wear gloves next time. I would just be a little more cautious. Here's another one that we talked about the other day with Hunter, and that was the onions that make you cry. You know, I don't think a night goes by when I'm cooking at home that I don't cut up an onion, and I guess I'm just growing immune to it. But every once in a while, there's like an onion that, woof, gives uh -huh. it to me. Why don't we ask all of our local chef friends mm -hmm. that you and I can think of on our Facebook page, Dinner Table Talks on Facebook, how do you do onions in your restaurant? So why don't you look for that on January 2nd, two days after New Year's Eve? Uh-huh. I'm going to ask that question. Okay. We'll tag some people. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for your favorite part of the Dinner Table Talks episode. It's table topics. You know, you're making me think we need a stinger or something for this. Is Maybe it... we don't need too many stingers. I like the stingers. They get a little corny. I like corny. You have to find the happy medium between cool and corny. You got to be freaks and geeks. Let's... You can't just be geeks. You got to be freaks and geeks. Okay, fine. Ruin all my fun. What's the question? We say that they always align. You mean the questions that we draw from this box of cards that we have not rehearsed always align with the episode? They always align. If that question is when's the last time you burned your balls, I am going to be amazed. No, but I will tell you, it does have to do with something I can imagine could be about your balls. Go ahead. What's the scariest thing that ever happened to you? But before I get to it, your son just walked in. Should we ask him to do a guest hello? We've talked about your son. He's home from college for Christmas. Can we get him on the episode? Hey, Cortland. You want to come say do hi? Do you want to come say hello on the podcast? I have one question for you. 
We're doing table topics. Join us for table topics, okay? Cortland is an amazing young man finishing his third semester at college. Ask the question again. Okay, so the question is, what's the scariest thing that ever happened to you? Scariest thing? Yeah. I don't know what scariest. I don't. I wouldn't say that anything's been like. Do you want me to go first while you? Yeah. Like, okay. Tell, like nothing's been. I haven't had anything in my life. I'm 20. And it's like terrifying. Okay. Well, you then you'll have an interesting perspective. Here's mine. It's, I'm not telling mine. I not don't the, talk about the, what I'm about to talk about, but I just our life is an open book. I'll tell the second scariest. Okay. Here's my scariest. I've never talked about. I don't talk about this in public, but I'll go for it. When I was in law school, I was in law school for a year and a half of three years, and I quit law school. And the reason why I quit law school was because I did not enjoy it. I was not enjoying it. I did not want to be an attorney. I wish I'd quit. I wish I'd continued. I wish I'd just done it, like got my law degree, because now, now you have a law degree. But at the moment, I had this weird life epiphany where like, my life flashed before my eyes, and I said, I am not happy. I am unhappy in this program and I need to become happy. So I shifted and I got my MBA instead. And that was a much better experience for me, but what if I had both? Oof. I was going a quick run to the grocery store late at night and I went inside to go get of all things a frozen apple pie. I had to go quickly go to the grocery store, right? We do it a thousand times. I parked way far away from the door and as I was walking to my car, a car came up next to me and three gentlemen with a gun said, hey, expletive, come get in the car with us. And I shouldn't have gotten in that car, but I did because I, what do you do, right? There's a gun pointing at you. And I was, they beat the crap out of me. They took all my stuff. They took my boots. They took my, my college ring. They took all my things. Well, now you're just going to scare Cortland at college. No, this, uh, <laughs> no, I'm going to teach you what you should have done differently. Do not get in the car. Scream, run, act like a fool, t- back to the store because they're going to drive off. They're not going to shoot you in the back because now they're murderers. They left me for dead. I, I mean, they, they really hurt me bad. And um, I came to and I was really close to my apartment, but on the other side of the track, so to speak. And that's the scariest thing that ever happened to me. The cops couldn't do a thing about it because my description wasn't that great. And um, I quit law school like a week later. And in a, in a live the rest of your life to its fullest and never be unhappy kind of situation. That is definitely a scary story. What a downer. Yeah, that kind of brought the whole room down. Okay. Um, what uh, now? Uh, and do you have one now? Have you thought of one? Yeah, I mean, I'm not. No, we're not topping each other no. because that's a pretty well, yeah. scary one. But no, I haven't. I mean, I haven't been through like anything even close to that. Near um, miss in a car accident. Even your, or... even your sister's been in a little car thing that yeah. a little more scary. I mean, I've been in a in a car accident before, but it wasn't. Anything, yeah, exactly. I don't know. There's not much that like scare, like scares me to the point where like you know what I mean. That like has like a profound impact on me. Mm -hmm. Like nothing like that has happened to me yet. So I don't know. Of course, like the normal life stuff. Like I'm scared of failing. I'm scared right now of of dying because like dying without having fulfilled what I want to do yet, and like not knowing what I want to do. Like that's scary. But that's all like normal, typical life life fear. Yeah, exactly. 
What you got, Iceland? Scared of failing. I don't want you to be scared of failing. You have no... Well, I think it's his fear of failure that motivates him to succeed. I mean, you do have some of that in your life. But he's I think so she's right too. You don't. You don't. But he gets. That doesn't surprise me that he would say that. But he's so successful. But that that also there's like such a high level of expectations for you. That, yeah, I that, mean, of, of course. I think that there, and I, 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 I've always realized that. But it doesn't. That that's not what scares me. Like high expectations doesn't scare me because I know that like, I mean, to this point, anything I've ever like tried my ass off for, I've gotten. So yeah. I mean, you learned early on that hard work reaps benefits. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, I, I you were always a wonder. Like you never came home with less than a four in school, and you know we never had to worry about you. He's kicking ass at mm. the high, highest. Oh, what's your sweetheart? Come on, everything. Mine is. Well, I said this earlier in the show. I when I was thirteen, I ran over my leg with a riding lawnmower. So it was the summer before my freshman year in high school. I wanted to go hang out with some friends in the summertime, so like a little summer party, you know, eighth grade, ninth graders, and my dad had asked me to help mow the lawn. We lived in rural area, and at 14, it would not be unusual at all for a 14-year-old teenager to participate in helping with the, you know, farm and sure. land, rural work or whatever. Apparently, it was interesting because you, because if I knew then what I know now about alignment, and my parents even for that matter knew then what they know now about alignment, everything was out of align out of alignment for me to not do the thing that I did that day. Uh, the wheel was flat. Then he went to go try to get the tire wheel fixed because I was like, I want you to fix it so I can do this because I want to go be with my friends and it. Kind of like Lily, you know, just kind of like stubborn, like, eh, I want, It was a you chore know. to be done. Let's get and, it over. Let's yeah, get going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I talked to my dad into going and getting the tire. Well, then the tire was a problem. It was more than flat. And so he had to fix the tire and da-da-da. And then he had to go take my brother to baseball practice. And he was like, no, just wait till I get back. And I was like, no, I'm going to do it. And he was like, okay, I'll be right back. And so he left for a little while and I got on the lawnmower and I went around a big bushy thing of grass and on the other side of that was a big a metal water meter that's like down on the ground. And I wasn't wise enough and experienced enough that when I w got too close to it, I freaked out and I turned away from it into a ditch. So we have, we have big country ditches, you know, and I went down into the ditch. And then at that point, even experience, like I hadn't driven yet, you know, that kind of thing's so the experience. I literally tried to step off of the lawnmower and stepped. did you feel that it was going to tip over so yes. that's why you stepped yes. off okay. yes and I'm it was all you. and you know me you know me in in that kind of situation i'm not good at that kind of conflict i'm, I'm good at different kind of conflict but i'm not good at that kind of conflict right uh which is why i'm so cautious in the car and why i'm so caught yeah you know and because of this too why riding on a lime with cars driving around you too fast would freak you out maybe more than me yeah, because I know I know what the worst case scenario can feel like. <laughs> like so you're up, you're so, kind of tipped on an incline. Yeah, and, and I, I literally step off, and I, I my foot slides in the and it's in the ditch is like muddy and wet, and slides in the mud and slides under the lawnmower. And this was during a time before all the lawnmower companies were following the law. Basically, it was to uh, have a kill switch underneath the lawnmower seat. So that like if your butt comes off the lawnmower, the, the lawnmower weight, dies. Yeah. Well, it didn't have that yet. And so my How foot, much of this do you remember? I remember most of it. Are you very clear? Yeah, eh, pretty clear. Did you see your leg go? No. 
Okay. I did not see that. Uh, it happened. And then what I remember is I remember the, the driving around and then I remember laying over in the grass. So okay. I remember like getting off and moving myself away from the ditch and away from the lawnmower. And the lawnmower had stopped working. So like I if think you've ever run a lawnmower, yes, lawnmower. that's exactly what right. happened. Like a big log, like mm-hmm. stopped right. the lawnmower. And I'm, I was a, I'm a, very, I was a very strong young woman, an athlete, strong legs, you know, thick calves, you know. <laughs> but you couldn't kind of compete things. with a lawnmower blade. Right, yeah. And so then uh, this little, little old lady, so I'm laying on the ground. I start kind of calling for help. I was literally clenching the dirt because I had dirt that. under my fingernails, like right. a ton of mud underneath my fingernails as I was running my fingers in the grass. And I called and called. And then all of a sudden I saw the little old lady from down the street. And we're talking like country, country Right, houses. you were in the middle of nowhere kind of not, thing. Not like house after house after house after Suburban. house. Suburban. Although a lot of houses, but like one acre lots, three and a quarter acre lots, big lots. And she comes running down the street. You know, she's probably a... 70 year old woman you know? she can clearly see that something is yeah, wrong. yeah she comes down she gets to me and she literally goes oh honey and then she just keeps running and she runs to the next door neighbor and he comes out and then the next door neighbor comes out and before you know it i've got neighbors all around me that so they called the ambulance the ambulance came at that time my best friend lived two doors down because that's how it worked. You know, mm-hmm. your best friend lived on the street from you. And her mom was a nurse. Okay, good. And she always tells the story that she never looked up at me. She didn't realize who it was she was helping because she said that she might not have reacted as well. The focus was on the injury. The injury. Mm-hmm. And that she ra- wrapped me up and actually started doing uh, uh, IVs. They started putting IVs in both of my arms immediately before, before they the even, ambulance got Before there? they even took me off the ground. No, no how they did it with them? the ambulance, but she was like helping. Like got she, you. When they got there, she was I'm helping and they were putting IVs in both of my arms mm-hmm. and then they got me in the ambulance and then oh I also remember this they asked me okay okay so my mom pulls up from work she's because oh this is in the like 5 30 range like they're just getting off of work my dad's been home a little while but mm-hmm. she's getting off work and she pulls up and when she pulls up there's an ambulance out there and she tells the story that she thinks oh and she sees the lawnmower she thinks oh your dad has had my dad my, right. my husband's had a heart attack or okay. something like that has right. happened and so then she gets out and she comes over and she starts going oh, oh and i look up at her and say Mom, do not freak out. I cannot let you, you cannot freak out right now. I'm barely holding it together. Please don't freak out, Mom. Yeah, do not freak out. And so then my dad pulls up with my brother because my brother's little. I mean, he's like seven, you know, Mm -hmm. or something like that. And they pull up from baseball practice and then they get me in the ambulance and they, oh, and before they get me in the ambulance, they're all talking about what to do, where to take me. And they, and they said, we're going to halo flight her. So that bring the helicopter. Oh, so you never drove in an ambulance well, anywhere. hold on. Okay. They said, we're going to halo flight her. Uh-huh. That was what was happening while they were getting IVs in me and while they were getting me figuring out where I was going to go. The halo flight was on its way. Can to I interrupt you to yeah. ask a question? Yeah. I'm assuming they put a tourniquet on your leg. Do you probably, know the details? Yeah, no, I really don't. Like, I'm sure that something like that happened. Yeah. Because one of the things they said was the lawnmower blade literally was like millimeter inches away from the biggest artery in your leg. Right. And I probably would have died oh, if that hit, if it had hit careful, that. careful because this kind yeah. of stuff gives me the willies just to hear about. So then they said, oh gosh, the, Did it break the, the halo fly, it broke all of the bones in my foot, everything. Oh. Uh, the halo flight, they, when they called, they, in the midst of all this stuff going on, I hear them talking about it and they say, 
there's a there's a baby there's a there's a premature baby at a uh, hospital that needs to get to and they only have they, one helicopter and they only have one uh, and they and they literally then. and and I go go get the baby that's the weirdo part of me yeah. is that I'm laying on the ground 14 years old with my legs splayed open uh, and like uh, have even though I'm totally in shock and I'm totally like I'm saying mom calm down and and go take care of the baby and you know so they get me in the ambulance they take me and if you've ever seen that movie where the um the girl the the surfer gets eaten by a shark oh, her, her leg she loses her arm right her arm that's right her arm she goes through the emergency room you see that scene and she sees the lights flashing above her head and they're like trying to talk to her right and all this stuff is going on around her and every time i see that scene in a movie it it's a flashback does it freak you out can you what does that it kind of does you? freak me out a little bit because what the thing that i remember the most there was two things i remember the most about being in the emergency room and they decided to take me to the children's hospital here in town right and at that time driscoll children's hospital at that time they didn't have the type of pediatric care doc like doctors like pediatric specialists uh-huh the specialists that we had in Corpus Christi weren't pediatric. We had a hospital, a children's hospital, but we didn't have pediatric specialists. The two things I remember is that I'm waiting a really long time. And at this point, it's past the point of shock mm -hmm. and to the point of you can feel the pain now. I can feel it. It hurts. I'm f starting to cry and freak out and yell. And I need pain. I need, I, please, please, please help me. Were your parents with, with you the, the whole pain. time? I think my mom, yes, my dad, they, yeah, they, they were over there, but I don't know. Okay. Like my dad might've been there. I don't really remember. There was a lot of people around sure. me. Sure. And you said, and two, you said two of, things. You could feel the pain. Yes, yes, I could feel the pain. So I kept asking them to give me medicine. Like, please, like, Morphine, please, whatever. please. And they kept saying, no, we need the doctor to get here so we can see if you move, you can move your feet at all. Right. We, we know we need, everything's going to be fine. And foot, I'm, singular. And my, yeah, my foot. See if your toes are going to be fine. Let's, you know, whatever. Later on, they tell me the story about, uh, oh gosh, I'm going to forget his name. Uh, he's a plastic surgeon here in town. Oh gosh, I can't remember. I'll have to look it up. It might be an unanswered question. But basically he was a windsurfer. And the only reason he lived in Corpus Christi, Texas is because he's a windsurfer and we are one of the windsurfing capitals of the world. Right. And his wife would call him in with flags on the shore if there was a real oh, emergency that he wow. needed to get in for. Oh, wow. And so they were literally... He and his wife would go windsurfing together and she'd be on the shore uh -huh. in case it was... A, a, wow. Yeah, yeah. And so she called him in. And we were wait they were waiting for him. Uh -huh. And so he did the reconstructive. He plastic came straight surgery. from the bay <laughs> windsurfing right into the car to get to you. Yeah, yeah. I could probably walk into his office today and he'd be like, Aislin Campbell. Let, how are you? And he would probably wouldn't call me Aislin Campbell yeah. because I wasn't Aislin Campbell back then. I wanna I wanna we could talk about this all day, but when when I met you, when I was getting to know you, we were at House of Rock, one of our favorite places to go talked about on the podcast a couple of times you're an attractive woman and so as men will do oh, when they're not scratching their balls is they'll <laughs> look it up and down like a, you know look look at she's beautiful and i do you remember this no you were wearing some kind of skirt fast forward your leg is fine except mm -hmm. that there is a big oh i have a huge scar because mm -hmm. there's so many you're right there's so many more stories to that sure so i could talk about a lot of things that happened but um ultimately i have a huge piece of of meat missing off the chunk of right. the back of my leg. And I have a huge scar on, the, on my right. calf and on my foot. And I'm not a, um, a sensitive person. Like my babies, my, my Cortland and my Lillian and you for that matter too. But think about children that never, that their mother was always that. Right. Never knew anything different. Well, well I, I <laughs> saw, I was looking at your beautiful, you have sexy, sexy legs. And I, sorry, Cortland. 
and I saw that like like a shark bite taken out of it. Like it looks like I do like to tell that story sometimes. Like yeah, and, it's a and I and I saw this leg sharks. and I it's in your um, calf. And I think I just like I couldn't even before I could even think is this appropriate to do? Is this gonna be insensitive to do? What the hell? What's wrong with your leg? <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah. What's, like, what's uh, the answer well, you give? What's the answer you give if, if anybody asks? Well, like, just I ran over my leg with a riding lawnmower when I was a teenager. Oh my god! And what? and then if I'm trying to be funny, I'll tell them I got I got I, you know I was out surfing one day and shark or whatever. Shark. It's a lifelong story, and and I also tell people two things. Two things, right? My name has been Aislinn for 41 years, uh-huh. so you are going to spell it wrong, and you are going to call me by the wrong name, and it doesn't really offend me. Who cares? Number two, I've had this thing on my leg for most of my life, and you're going to ask questions about it. And I would it's, rather it's, you it's ask questions out than stare at it all weird because you don't understand well, it. Well, it's a bonus episode. You said earlier that our life is an open book, and those are two stories that – you tell your story. I just don't even tell mine. You didn't ask many questions, so I didn't go into detail, and now this episode's too long for me too, which makes me kind of happy. Oh, I know you don't like to talk about that kind of stuff, so I just kind of let it yeah. – Well, hey – that was an episode. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us, Cortland. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to say in closing? No. Thank you for uh, letting me be in my house. <laughs> oh, very well said. <laughs> Did A&M win today? Uh, A&M is playing right now. What are you Their doing? What are you doing here with us? Oklahoma State. They're up 24 to 14 with two minutes left in the fourth okay. quarter. Today, Spiller went out with a turf toe injury, but we should be fine. We're up 10 points. Uh, Kellen Mond has played a lot better the second half. He didn't play very well in the first half, overthrew some touchdowns. Played very well. He had a 67-yard touchdown run to take us up 21-14. That's about all we need to say. We'll see you next week. Good night. Hey, thanks so much for pulling up a chair and joining us for Dinner Table Talks. You can always learn more and help us spread the word all across social media. Check out at our Dinner Table Talks on Facebook and Instagram. And for you Twitter users, at dinner underscore talks. Visit our website at dinnertabletalks.com or shoot us an email at talk at dinnertabletalks.com. We look forward to hearing from you.